Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. Change. Here we go. Yo. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show. This is the place we come together just to grow. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Everything you need and a little bit more. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is the place we come together just to grow. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Got everything you need and a little bit more. What we about living, loving, purpose. What we about living, loving, purpose. What we about living. Welcome to Conversations, where we talk about life, love, purpose, and leadership, all from a faith-based perspective, so that you can overcome some of the biggest obstacles that leaders face while navigating through life with clarity and excellence. I'm your host, Kiani B. So it's time for what we're going to call our leaders chats. Leaders chats. And all a leader chat is, is specifically geared towards challenges with encouragement that leaders face and or endure from a day-to-day basis. Very practical. Today, we're going to talk about leading from the inside out. Leading from the inside out. So let's start with the basics, right? What makes you a leader? What makes you a leader? It means basically you have the ability to take charge to develop others, to command a group, to take authority over a situation. You have the ability to bring stability to a thing, give insight to it, create strategies for people to follow. You become a problem solver. You give guidance and ensure follow through for tasks or goals. Those are things that qualify you as a leader. So if you think about it that way, then we see leaders every day, right? Leaders are moms, dads, parental figures, guardians, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Leaders are teachers, educators, principals, bosses, managers, team leads, executives. They're pastors, apostles, prophets, intercessors, board members, chairmen, public speakers. They are literally you and me. Now, some of the character traits of a really good leader, right, is humility, honesty, integrity, the ability to be creative, the ability to be personable, to be transparent, the ability to be able to develop and train people, and most importantly, to be healed. Sometimes we will go through life and navigate it as if we're not leaders at all. We don't realize the responsibility that comes with leading people, but we do it in our everyday lives. So I want you to do something really quickly while you're listening to me. I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to write some things down. I want you to write down some of your own personal qualities and traits that you recognize in yourself as a leader. Then I want you to write down some of the qualities and traits that you think that every leader should have that I may not have mentioned. And then finally, I want you to write down some qualities and traits that you don't have yet, 
but you desire to have because you think that those things will attribute to making you a great leader. So I can do myself, right? For an example, these are some of the traits that I have that I have grown into. I've grown into these things. It was never always there. I definitely grew into it. And that is strength, resilience, the ability to fix things. I've grown to be a quick thinker with innovation. I am a problem resoluter. I do bring peace to situations. I think things through. I'm a natural visionary. And I am kind of like a take charge personality. I carry a take charge personality. And what this means, basically, as far as a take charge personality is that I have an innate natural ability and instinct that kicks in whenever I see things that are out of place, out of order, and lack structure. God has graced me to be able to come in and create some type of stability in those environments and atmospheres. So a take charge personality is definitely not a bad thing at all. It's actually a grace and a gifting as long as it's submitted under leadership. Something that I desire that I know every leader should have, but I definitely need work on guys is patience, specifically patience while in the process. Processes are very important. We should never abort them, but we should definitely walk them out. And sometimes we can get unnerved while in the waiting, unnerved in the learning, unnerved in trying to get to the next step. Patience is something that every leader really should have. And that's something that I personally need to work on. Now, anytime you are responsible for someone else's productivity and growth, their well-being, you are definitely leading. The major responsibilities of leaders is to be integral and honest, to be self-aware and accountable, and to be healed to a certain measure, to a certain level of maturity that you should carry while you're responsible for other people. Now, being a leader can be challenging. And overwhelming at times, especially when you have to lead in harsh conditions such as a crisis. Leading in tragedy and or strenuous times can be very challenging. So it's important for you to be grounded and rooted in who you are. God requires us to be genuine in our leading, genuine in our leadership approach, and genuine in our leadership style. Making sure that who we really are shows up every single day faithfully. Not who people want us to be, not who people expect us to be, and even not who we're trying to be and haven't gotten there yet. Being yourself helps the process go along much, much smoother. What does it mean to lead from the inside out? It means a few things. It means that you allow God to do an inner work within you so that there is an outward manifestation. I'll say that again. Being leading from the inside out means that you allow God to do an inner work within you so that there is an outward manifestation in your leading. It means that the work that is seen by you within your ministry, your business, your poor, is a direct result of an inner transformation that has taken place, that your external work is a prerequisite for the inner work. It is not where you do a whole bunch of works with busyness because you are supposed to do it because it's your job, because it's an obligation. It's not where your heart is not even attached to the work that you're doing. But it's when you are aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, you begin to, from the inside out, lead. You have more empathy, compassion, and you're able to love 
while you're giving. You're able to pour from a real place, a healthy place of how you truly feel. It won't be a front or a show. Why is this important? Because work done from the outside in versus the inside out does not last. It's very short-lived. It takes work to try to maintain something that's not there. You never want a man-made blessing, something that you created yourself, but you want God to do the work and you make yourself available so that he can sustain you. Now, I realized this revelation when I was younger, actually a teenager. I had a few friends and we were all safe teenagers living at the time. And I had a friend that always did, quote unquote, the right thing. We would label her the Good Samaritan. She would always do what she was expected to do and always do what she was supposed to do, but her heart was not attached to it. One day I asked her, you know, why do you do this? Why are you doing this? And she let it be known that it's because it's the right thing to do, which is nothing wrong with that, right? But she also made it known that it's what's expected of her, the quote unquote, goody two shoes. Now she was known to be the one that would always be most successful and to most likely to succeed. So she did what was expected of her and she made sure that she did not disappoint anyone. But over the years, when we became young adults, she made a lot of bad choices and mistakes. She was very character flawed because she had trained herself to do the work, but there was no inner work done, just external work that showed her busyness and her efforts. And like I always say, and I learned from then, and I said it in my young adulthood growing up, I don't care how many little old ladies that you may walk across the street, you need to make sure that your heart is attached to the acts that you're doing. Let it never be a separate thing. Now, there will be some times when we do things that we probably don't want to, and it's the right thing to do, but you get what I'm saying. You want to make sure that you are genuine and sincere in everything about you. Okay, that part is important. So I have a few scriptures I want to share with you regarding that. Romans 12 and 9 says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. First Timothy 1 and 5 says, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Look at what that's saying. Pure heart good conscience, and a sincere faith. Romans 12 and 2, we may be familiar with this one. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. 1 Peter 1 and 7 says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's important for us to be exactly who we are, to make sure that we are conscious and aware because we want to give our best self while we're leading people while we're guiding people, while we're giving people direction, we must both know where we're going, right? It's like, how do you teach someone 
identity or help them come to an understanding of who they are if you yourself are dealing internally with an identity crisis because you're not really sure who you are. That's what this is about. So if you find yourself to be that leader where you know that you are responsible for other people, but yet you're still challenged with doing an outer work instead of letting an inner work be done, then I have some steps for you. But I'll also share this other tidbit with you about myself personally, that what I walk through, just in case it may help somebody else. I've had a leadership role for the past few years. I think that I've always been a leader. As a matter of fact, I know that I have. But it wasn't until the past few years where I was actually put in a position where I was overseeing other people. And this happened in church as far as the body of Christ. And this happened in the world as far as organizations, job promotion, etc. Okay. Now, when I was asked to lead, it had been years and years of me had built up myself in my private devotional life that me being asked to do something to lead other gifted and anointed and graced people in and outside of church was a consequential thing for what I was already building on the back end. I had a very, very fervent life of prayer. I had a very fervent life of fasting. And me and the Lord had a love language that I grew to grow into and really truly understand as time went on. So what happened is, as I began to lead, I began to feel some of the pressures that comes with leadership, right? When you're dealing with so many different personalities, you're dealing with, you know, building and developing people, you're dealing with other gifted people such as yourselves. And I dealt with some challenges that I really prayed through and God walked me through. It wasn't so much the leading was the problem. It was me balancing leading with my personal life that became the hard thing. I was dealing with personal things outside of organizational leadership that really put me in a place of not quite sure how to respond and really have to do my due diligence with praying before I responded. I had to be very conscious of how I responded, what I responded to, and making sure that I pleased God and making sure I did not wound his people. I had to be very accountable in my role. And some of the pressures that I felt had to do with not only that, but it had to do with me now learning how to go to God the same way that I was going to him before I got into that leadership role. Does that make sense? Me and the Lord had a intimate, private love life, right? And then now, I have to go to him, not just for me, but on the behalf of those he's called me to lead. And I have to make sure that I steward them well, that I steward their giftings well, that I train them right, that I handle them and do them right because they are precious cargo to the Lord. Me balancing out my time with God without going him onto the behalf of someone else became a challenge. I did not quite know how to do that. And I didn't realize it because it wasn't something that happened instantly. It was something that happened gradually over time. And I thought to myself, well, God, you know, what does this mean? You know, what do I have to put in place in order for us to be able to go back to that place? I think that over the years, I have grown back to that place where it was intimate 
love relationship between me and him. And I'm really simply talking about devotional life, guys. As a leader, you may come across the challenge of not knowing how to get back to the place where you and him kind of danced a special dance. It may be challenging to kind of find that place back of refuge where you and him first got acquainted and first met. But don't be discouraged because you can and you will go back to your first love. You still have the ability to lead with grace. You still have the ability and are trustworthy to lead God's people. I think that the only way that you can gain this balance that I'm talking about is by walking through it. I don't see it happening no other way. It's almost like when you first learn to ride the bicycle, you kind of toggle from the right to the left. And then eventually you gain your balance. And then it's a smoother ride from there. There will always be ups and downs and challenges that leaders have to face. And I think that that's one of them that's rarely even talked about. The fact that you can almost feel like sometimes that you would lose yourself while leading. And it matters. You need accountability. You need friends. You need godly counsel to kind of help get you back to that right place. But I just want to encourage you that you will get back, okay, to that right place. So I have a few steps for you. What to do next to get yourself back into alignment so you can work towards maturity, to work towards possible healing, and to work towards making sure that you balance out your personal life while you're leading so that you can lead from the inside out, so that you can be genuine and authentic, so that you can represent the father and you can be that everything that he's called you to be and do it in excellence. Number one, admit where you are with full honesty and full transparency. The first step is always acknowledging and being aware of where you are, okay? I personally think this means to repent. And what you would be repenting for is for any and all parts of you that did not reflect his heart, possible mistakes that you made knowingly and unknowingly, times when you were honest with yourself or others. Just clean the slate. Let's ask for forgiveness for that, okay? Number two, you want to ask God for an accountability person, someone that you can trust, be transparent with, be open with, that has godly counsel and wisdom. That's a safe space for you, okay? And then what you want to do when you find that person or God leads you and guides you to that person, you want to be completely honest with them. Tell them everything that's going on. Tell them why you need them to be accountability and let them know how they can help you. Because sometimes we'll get accountability partners, but we don't express to them what we need accountability for and how we really need them to be present for us to help us. Now, let's just say you don't have an accountability person yet. What you do while you pray and you wait you know, for God to do that, because I believe that he will. You begin to just journal it out. Journaling is very therapeutic and it's a way to vent your heart. So just begin to write it out. Literally, pen and paper. Write it out and address some of the things that you feel is a current issue and or things that you may need to work on. And guys, these are steps to getting back into alignment so that you can lead from the inside out if you have possibly felt that you may have lost yourself. Okay. A scripture for number two, as far as getting an accountable person, is James 5 and 16. And it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, as it is working. Number three, begin to think through the next 30 days and see what that looks like, okay? The next 30 days, see what that looks like. 
See what is required of you, because all of this is getting back into alignment, right? Ask the Lord, is there anything that you need to get straight? Anything that you need to fix? Anybody that you need to apologize to? Do you may even need to apologize for yourself or to yourself? Pray through that and write it out. Before you do anything, make sure you're clear on it. So I suggest writing it out. That's number three. Gauge your next 30 days how you need to position yourself and what you're looking at because we want to get back on track. Number four, put on your armor. Read Ephesians 5 and 6. Put on your armor, covering yourself from head to toe. Covering yourself with your armor from head to toe. Now, I think this is important too within the next 30 days, right? I think that you want to be intentional about your devotional time and set a time and space for it. Okay, you want to gather scriptures that speak into your situation, into where you are. You want to uh, feed yourself and give yourself some encouragement by listening to podcasts, sermons, reading books. You want to engage that empty space, right? Because we're dumping this out. So we're going to ask God to fill us. You want to engage that empty space and allow the Lord's truth and his purpose for you to fill that space. Okay. So number one, admit where you are with full transparency. Number two was get accountability. Number three was gauge the next 30 days. Number four was put on the armor of God. And number five, short, simple, and sweet, walk it out. Walk it out day by day, step by step, one foot in front of the other. Leading in itself is challenging. Truth be told, we as leaders have different challenges and obstacles to hurdle that people that we lead do not have. Being a leader is literally being an intercessor, which are those that intervene, stand in between on behalf of others, right? These can be counselors, coaches, doctors, etc. We do it all the time. Divinely interrupt something by being present. Leaders do that. And because of that, We see different things. We experience different things. And that's okay, but it's good to know. The anointing, which is a divine grace for your gifts and your talents to flow, it can only flow through genuine and authentic vessels. The anointing, which is a divine grace for your gifts and your talents to flow, can only flow through genuine and authentic vessels. If you think about a filter, right? If the filter has a bunch of junk in it, it's probably hard to filter through. If you think about a strainer, if it has a bunch of junk in it, sand or dirt or dust, it's going to be hard for things to kind of filter through. Genuine and authentic vessels, the anointing flows through gracefully. We want to grow and mature in grace. We want to grow and mature in grace. And we want to be Everything that he said, we want to represent him well. We want to be true to ourselves and true to those that he's called us to lead. We want to lead by example and be good models. What my model has always been is that what God has blessed me with, poured into me, revelation he's given me, I literally want to give to others, but I want to duplicate myself. So the same grace that I carry, I want others to be able to walk in that same confidence, authority, and grace. So let's pray. 
God, we thank you so much for your love towards us. We thank you that we mean so much to you and everything that you created us to be means so much to you. God, we say we give you back everything that you've graced us with. We give you back our gifts, our talents, our time. God, we say that we're sorry for any time that we've misrepresented you or misrepresented ourselves by trying to be something that we're not. God, we ask for forgiveness for things that we did that our hearts wasn't attached to. God, we ask, oh God, that you cleanse us, refresh us, make us new, give us a new mind and a new perspective, Father. Clean the lens, God. If there was any hurt, Father God, that was attached to why we were out of position and place, God, we ask, oh God, that you begin to mend that and heal that. God, we say that we want to come into agreement with whatever you want to do for our lives. And God, that we want to be leaders that are honorable to you, leaders that please you. God, we want to lead from the inside out. So God, we say we openly surrender to the inner transformation that you want to do in our hearts. We openly submit ourselves back to you, oh God. And we ask Holy Spirit for direction, for guidance, for wholeness, God, as we walk forward and lead your people. God, get us in alignment. God, get us positioned. And Father, give us grace in Jesus' name. Until next time, guys. Oh.